You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 163 of the Pump Crown Warhammer podcast. We're brought to you today by our beautiful Patreon patrons. Thank you for supporting the show. If you'd like to, patreon.com slash pimpcron. And, of course, gamemat.eu for beautiful pre-painted terrain and neoprene game mats, which have completely revolutionized the way we play our games. Um, I know my audio is not fantastic this week. It's a little echoey, a little tinny. There is literally nothing I can do about it. I'm recording in a different place than I normally do, and um, that place is just perfect for the sound, but this is not. I've tried several different places, and I, I can't, I just can't do it. That's unfortunate. So you're going to have to deal with this slightly off sound, and you know, maybe it's just a change of pace for you, and you don't care. I don't know what to say about that. So we have... Um, only two segments today because they both ran a little bit long. We are discussing Dust Tactics, who just recently went out of business, and uh, we are want that or want that not in one of their units. And uh, then we are discussing people whining on Facebook, and some of them are way off base and way whiny. So uh, they're pretty entertaining, I think. Uh, what have I been up to? Well, I uh, played this week my Necrons for the first time in ninth edition. I know it's been, they've had a new book out for a year, um, and I have not played them for a year. So I, uh, I've played them for the first time in ninth edition this past week against my friend TJ. Um, I ended up winning by quite a bit for points. It was 71 to 49, but, but there's a big caveat there. Um, I only had, what was it? Three models on the board. I only, I had, I was almost tabled. Like, he almost wiped me off completely off the board. And he still had, like, five Terminators and uh, something. Oh, a five-man, um, I guess it was Purgation Squad. I forget what squad that was. But he had he had more models in the field than I did with his Grey Knights. But uh, it, was, it was a really, really fun game. And I'm learning that, man, those Necrons, they got some, that book is, is pretty gross. Maybe not compared to the newer books, but... It is like my Lich Guard, uh, something nasty about them, is that they already hit on threes, and they're three attacks each. And they're, for a stratagem, if they're within three inches of a noble, which they were, um, you you can pay one CP, and they get an extra attack. So that's four attacks. And they're a core unit, so I used my Will Be Done and gave them plus one to hit. So they're hitting on twos, and my chapter ability that I took was uh, hitting on sixes and melee automatically wound. So hitting on twos, sixes automatically wound, and they're already strength five or six, including their weapon, their hyperphase sword, and uh, four attacks each. That was nuts. So I was getting 40 attacks, hitting on twos, sixes auto wound. And uh, he deep struck uh, Dante in the backfield. And it was, admittedly, Dante was immediately beaten to death by the Lich Guard because I didn't know about all these stratagems until it came time to do it. Um, but, so he got hit with 40 hyperphase sword attacks. And unfortunately, with, even with a three up in vol, you're not, you're not doing it. You're not saving that. Um, I wounded him like 20 times or something stupid, like a, a lot, a lot, a lot of times. And, um, but what he actually ended up doing successfully, and I don't know if this was his intention or not, but he deep struck Dante by himself in my backfield and he was getting ready to eat my immortals lunch. He was sitting on the objective. 
So I had to turn my Lich Guard around and go back to my deployment zone to take care of him, which of course you would think that wastes one of my turns with them, but it actually wastes two of my turns with them because they moved up on turn one and then he deep struck. Then I moved back on turn two and then it takes me to t turn three to even get where I was before and then turn four to move again. So essentially he cost me two full turns with my Lich Guard, but I mean, that was actually pretty smart because um, he's that was my big hammer unit. And uh, he he definitely distracted them for a turn. But I basically had to go back and deal with that because, you know, um, Drago is um, he's going to kick butt is what he's going to do. So and uh, the my immortals are not going to have anything to go up against him. So anyway, other than that, I have been um, inspired to start working on my Necrons again. So that's what I've been doing. I finished 10-man squad of Immortals last week, I think it was, and in preparation for my game. And I also bought uh, two boxes of Ophidian Destroyers, and I have my... Uh, what was that? What was even... Indomitus. I still have my Indomitus box. I have two Necron halves in the Indomitus box that were never assembled whatsoever. Because you know me, uh, probably by now you know me, I buy stuff and then immediately lose interest in it for 6 to 12 months before suddenly going, oh man, I can't wait to build this. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm broken inside. Let's get, <laughs> let's get on with the show. Um, thanks for listening. Want that or want that not? On this edition of Want That or Want That Not, we are actually discussing a now defunct gaming system. That's right. Dust1947 is closing its doors the dust studio many of you may know it by dust 1947 or um, some of their packages say dust tactics so i guess they went by two different things i'm really not that familiar with the game but unfortunately uh they are closing their doors they issued a statement recently and they said that they um they've basically been done in by covid and all of the delays in shipping and all that they said something to the effect of they were supposed to have a shipment out in february from china and then it got held up until march and then it finally moved a bit around the globe and then they were expecting it in may and then it still hadn't come a couple months later so it's like gee well if you're not getting any of your your stuff in any of your merchandise to sell they apparently were very retail heavy. They didn't have a huge online um, presence and they wanted to support local stores and things like that, or at least online stores. And um, I have seen their models a lot before and um, they definitely have a unique feel for them. They also did a Weird War Weird War 2, I think it's called, where it's World War 2, but it's in a fantasy universe where there's also werewolves and vampires and ghouls and aliens and cultists and all that sort of stuff. To be honest, Weird World, Weird World Three, it was a Weird Weird World Two. Sorry, this this name is really bothering me. World War Weird World Two <laughs> is a very hard to say, and b um, that really interests me a lot more than just the typical um, you know, uh, Flames of War or bolt action the the realistic stuff and apparently dust tactics had like a futuristic 
feel to it. It was like just slightly in the future as far as their technology was going. And uh, I wanted to, I've never covered any of their stuff before. So I figured, you know what? Now that they're out of business, unfortunately, I hate to see another business go under. But, uh, it, you know, they are, uh, what was it before? It was um, the football game, the soccer game. I cannot think of it right now. But uh, that went under, and now um, Secret Weapon Miniatures went under. The people that made uh, a bunch of terrain stuff and a bunch of special bases and a bunch of hobby stuff. I don't know all that they were involved in, but they went under in the last year. And now uh, Dust Studios is going under. And it's just sad to see all these different companies, but a lot of them claim that it's not necessarily their sales are down. It is a lot of it has to do with supply chain. And he said that, um, you know, his containers are sitting somewhere in Seattle with a bunch of other containers and, you know, trying to sort through that. They're all piling up in places and stuff like that. It's seems to be a real mess. And you, your heart does have to go out to these companies because if you if you can't sell your product, then you are out of business. And that's exactly what they are. So I was looking for um, roughly sixty five dollars um, online. I don't know what it would normally sell for, but roughly sixty five dollars online is a Task Force Rhino Heavy Ranger starter set. So this starter set is about $65, $65 or $70. It comes with only four models, and uh, one of them is a giant walker, which is actually pretty cool. Think of an Imperial Guard Sentinel, but it's just got a different motif about it. There's a guy uh, exposed in the back, but it's, it's really cool looking. And it also comes with um, four seemingly heavily armored guys. They've got like rocket packs on their back. And it looks like they've got guns mounted on essentially power fists. And to be honest, I'm not hating the design of these. I'm not hating the look of these at all. I actually really like them. They have a slight cartoony look to them. And whether or not they were sculpted this way, I'm not sure. But it does not look like they were digitally sculpted. These actually look like they were hand sculpted because they've got that type of character that a lot of the digitally designed models no longer have. And uh, it's very, very cool looking models. Now, $65, let's try to compare this to Warhammer because that's what most of us know. $65 for, let's essentially say four Terminators and a Sentinel. That's basically what it is. Um, $65 for that is... I mean, roughly on par, maybe a little cheaper than GW. That's roughly on par for GW because um, uh, the Sentinel itself is, what, 30, 35, I think. And then the uh, Terminators would be 50 or 60. So that'd be like 90 bucks, but that's for five Terminators instead of four. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's on par, maybe just a tad bit cheaper than GW product. And the models look really cool. The Sentinel-looking thing um, looks really neat. It's It's got a really cool design to it. It's got, like, machine guns in front. And like a windshield and the guy is not protected from behind, but he's protected from up front. And he's like a typical World War II, like GI looking person. And uh, it looks really cool. I don't actually know if Dust Tactics is set in uh, World War II or not, because their technology definitely looks more advanced. But I know Weird War II is set in World War II. So uh, anyway, I actually... I've seen some of this at the local store and I have debated on getting it, although it is kind of a premium price. And if you're not going to play the game, then you typically will proxy for cheaper stuff. 
And like for brutality, I'm always looking for new uh, models to use in brutality from different companies, but I would never buy a GW model to use in brutality because the price is too punitive for something that you're not going to use what it's purpose for. And to be honest, that's the same thing with these dust tactics models. They look really cool and I like them, but they're not cheap enough to be a proxy for Warhammer and they're far too expensive to pay for brutality because there's a billion different models you could use elsewhere um, that are far, far cheaper, like 3D printed models and such. So, <sighs> hmm, I don't think the price is bad. I think the models look great and I like their design. So I would say that's a want that for me. Am I actually going to buy that? No, because I don't play the game, especially now that it's defunct. And uh, I'm not going to use it for brutality because the price is too high. But in theory, that is a want that for me. I find nothing wrong with it. And I think a lot of people might like it. They're doing a couple good things, though. Um, they're finishing out the Japanese army, apparently. It wasn't completely uh, fleshed out. So they wanted to finish that army so people could play a, a fully fleshed out Japanese army. And um, that's pretty cool. And uh, so they're, they've got some things still coming down the pipe. But it looks like they are no longer going to be designing anything new. And I, it looks like their shop is closed. I went to their website. There is no storefront whatsoever. It just has the their uh, release statement and all of that about closing their doors, which, like I said, is very sad. So that is a want that for me, but maybe just a little too late, little too little too late, and possibly someone will buy their IP and their models and all that, but who knows? So kind of a downer as far as uh, want that or want that nots go, but what do you do? Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Like a lot of you, I think that I enjoy a good wine just every so often. And I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about people whining about Warhammer. And let me tell you, I have done my fair share of whining from time to time. But some of these are so off base and just so out of touch with reality and so... Mm, they feel like GW owes them something. What would that be? Entitled. Some of these are so entitled that it is just truly spectacular. And that's what I wanted to share with you. And hopefully you will get as much enjoyment out of them as I have gotten out of them. So let's start with one about the Stormcast book. This is a post on Facebook. Anyone else feel that a 30... At 30 pounds for a book to use the models we have already paid a decent amount for is kind of taken us for fools, gutted by what seems blatant profiteering. Edit. Happy to pay. Soul Blight was 25 pounds, and I currently don't have an online platform, which I am currently paying for, to access even a soft version. Just seems like 30 pounds is pushing the limits a bit. Second edit. No, it's not my first time. FFS, simple question. FFS? Oh, for F's sake. For F's sake, simple question. I wasn't aware that shelling out 30 pounds for a set of rules for one faction was standard. It has jumped up by 20%. Third edit. This guy keeps editing. Third edit. Check my post, guys, before making daft comments. Currently have approximately 8,000 points of Stormcast Eternals, so I'm definitely invested, and that's kind of my issue. So, there's several issues with this. Number one. Um, 30 pounds for the book, it, you know, it's a giant book. It is a very, Stormcast is a very, very thick book. Think Space Marines. It's probably 
every bit as thick as a Space Marine book because there's so many units in it. I mean, it's a page count has to be 50% more or even up to 100% more, making it double the size of most of the codexes. And this person's already has 8,000 points of Stormcast in their army. So they're not, they're not shocked by the price of the models. And if they already own 8,000 points of Stormcasts, I'm assuming they've played for probably more than just one codex worth. Um, even if they, the last codex was their first codex, um, then maybe they got some spending issues, but that's beside the point. You can't expect GW to put out a book that's twice as thick as any other codex and charge the same amount. It's just not going to happen. They have costs involved too. Now, it's a completely different argument whether or not they're raking us over the coals and they are charging far too much for their product. You know, I don't know either way for that. But the wording on this person's post gutted by what seems blatant profiteering Okay, number one, they, they're they a company, so I don't know if he noticed that or not. I don't know. Did he think they were like a, a charity? Like they're not for profit? He talks about profiteering. Yeah, that's that's what a business does. A, a business profits. And if I'm speaking completely frankly with those of you who don't run a business, the idea of running a business at its very purest would be, hey, give me money for no reason. That's essentially what business is. But then you find that, oh, you know what? No one will give me money for no reason. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll do something. I'll provide a service or a product. And, oh, well, my product isn't very good. I better make a better product because nobody wants to give me money for it. And ultimately, that's how business is. You do, in theory, as as little work as possible or cost as little as possible and charge as much as the market will allow. And that is business. If that's not profiteering, then by golly, I don't know what is because that's business. This person clearly is out of touch with reality. Um, Also, charging more for a bigger book, I mean, no duh. They have more costs. It even weighs more. So for all of their shipping costs, it costs more. Like, it's just just silly. And he's saying it's 20% more. Yeah, okay, so you're getting 100% more book for 20% more cost. That sounds like a deal, actually. Not that I'm a GW apologist, but I just thought that this was pretty hilarious and he's gonna he's gonna be mad over a, a 30 pound book and I don't even know what that is in USD maybe 50 bucks and I'm thinking to myself like you already own 8,000 points of stormcast you don't know what GW charges for stuff I don't know I just seem like this is way way overboard as far as that and the phrasing like gutted by what seems like blatant profiteer oh come on and clearly judging by the three not one not two but three edits that they put on this post it seems to me like they uh they were getting some heat for it because everyone's like uh no duh dude (laughs) like how is this surprising in any sense of the word i don't know let's go on to the next one The design style of some new models is rather confusing. Due to the overflow of small details and specific unadjustable pose, they are meant for display rather than actual wargaming. Here is this overpowered space marine hero, a deadly close combat champion. Now, in an actual game, while he fights the enemy in the fight phase, a strange dude is cleaning his sword, another dude carries his ranged weapon because he forgot to equip it, and he is standing on a dead orc, which he always brings to the battle as a doormat. May I suggest that if new GW models have to place have to be placed on such the thematic bases, those bases should be optional, detachable ones like the 30k Primark bases. 
Now, this post was getting a lot of heat on Facebook, and I kind of don't disagree with them because I do see um, some of the models that GW's putting out is uh, very detailed. And I'm not saying very detailed is a bad thing, but what I'm saying is it does get a little tedious to paint. My Sisters of Battle have taken me for freaking ever to paint. And the reason why is because, oh, they've got their armor, and they've got their cloth, and they've got their skin, and they've got their leather satchels, and they have their rosary beads, and they have their symbols on their shoulders, and they have their hair color, and they've got whatever their weapon is, and they've got these belts and sashes, and they've got these other beads, and I'm like, oh my god. I mean... It's a weird first world complaint, but sometimes I'm like, geez, can I just, can they sell, and this is obviously not going to happen, I'm just being ridiculous, but can they sell like a easy, they sell easy build models, can they just sell easy paint models? <laughs> like, I don't give a crap, I'm not going to be winning any awards to my paint job anyways, I really don't care, but uh, I, I kind of see what he's saying, that new, that new uh, Black Templar model does he is standing on an orc and he does have his sword in the orc and a servitor is cleaning his sword as he pulls it out of the orc and the other servitor is holding his bolt gun like that to me and i think i know what this person's getting at to me i feel like almost all of the poses for any models in this game should be battle poses i mean they are on the battlefield and it is slightly boring and slightly lame to have your model just kind of chilling and having people polish his sword when he's supposed to be in melee combat. Now, obviously, there's only so many. If you've got a torso, two arms, two legs, a head, and a weapon of some sort, maybe a cape, maybe a tail, maybe wings, whatever. But all of the models in Warhammer or basically any other game were obsessed with the whole two arms, two legs, torso, head thing. So, I mean, there's only so many. What's he going to run? What's he going to jump? What's he going to swing? What's he? I mean, come on. There's only so many poses. And I'm sure they do get sick of trying to come up with new poses for their models. So, yeah, this guy's not super, super, you know, exciting to look at. And that's personally why I didn't really like the model. But it is slightly lame. I, I do kind of agree with this wine. He was getting uh, drug under for it, but... uh it is kind of true. Way too many details and they're monopose. And he's he's like just chilling. He's got a sword and an orc. And I always do slightly get irritated is far too strong of a word. But I don't really care for bases that include dead enemies. Because, I mean, this person's going a little too far saying he drags a dead orc and uses it as a doormat. Okay, like you can't suspend disbelief at all. You, none, No part of this is like imagination for you. So, eh, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on the base thing. But I just thought it was funny. And uh, he was he was getting really, he was getting the piss taken out of him for these comments. But I kind of don't disagree. So that, that makes it a little awkward, right? I'm complaining about these people whining, but this one was like, oh, I, I see where you're coming from, homie. I think you're being far too ridiculous with it. I mean, kit bash it or, mo you know, it might be monopose, but doesn't mean you can't change it. I've changed the, the sculpt or the um, I've kit bashed monopose stuff all the time. And do you know what you do? You assemble the whole model and then you cut it apart and kit bash it. That's basically how you have to deal with monopose things, because a lot of times they're assembled in a way that like. The arm is in three different pieces, and they're part of other parts on the model, you know? Like, if his hand is on his hip, 
then his actual hand is part of his belt piece, and then there's the elbow and the forearm, and then like his shoulder pads part of the torso. So then you'd have to build all three of those things, build the whole model, and then cut it off at the hip and cut it off at the shoulder. Well, you know what? I mean, if that's what you want to do, do it. It's 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 not insurmountable. Here's another one. Seeing these boys simp for GW lets me know just how easy it was for my ancestors to walk into their village and take the wife, kids, and belongings. GW says thank you for the tribute, peasants. Your blue-eyed gods will be back for next season. Good God. <laughs> Bro, calm down. <laughs> I feel like that's some sort of shots fired, man. That is... That is rough i mean i get what he's saying in in a sense i guess but geez could you have any more tact when going for this sort of thing uh i'm not even gonna comment on it i mean i you, you get what he's saying Jeez. here's the next one loses big time fan made content also eldor using a chain sword i laughed my ass off and someone replied i'm confused by why you're laughing at striking scorpion using a chain sword and the guy replies, tell us you know nothing about Warhammer outside of Space Marines without telling us you know nothing about Warhammer outside of Space Marines, LOO, LMAO. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, uh, Striking Scorpions have always had chain swords. They're not called chain swords. I forget what they're called. But I mean, come on, dude. You, you think it's like you're going to have judgments on things, but you clearly don't know anything about Eldar or about the other product line beyond Space Marines. It's just, and then he's got the audacity to actually say, tell us you know nothing about Space Marines outside of, yeah, whatever. These people are crazy. Just crazy, I tell you. Here's the last one that made me laugh. GW, why are you making me refund this? Uh, you are losing money. Why doesn't this have an option to be a non-HQ for this army? I'm going to pause this for a second. He's talking about the Cruel Boys leader on top of the Trogoth. That really cool model. I think I reviewed it a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And uh, it's a really cool looking model. And I, in the, gosh, in the weakest sense, I agree with him. It would be cool to have a whole army of these things. But, I mean, whatever, dude. Uh, I got way more, way too much going on in my life to actually be worried about this. But uh, let's continue. Why doesn't this have an option to be a non-HQ for this army? This army has to has too many HQ options and not enough units. And please don't reply with... You can play with as many as you want by playing a specific way. Most people don't play. You don't make money by making rules. But if your rules prevent me from buying more, now that's dumb. And four exclamation points. Hurry and FAQ a version of this kit that can be used as a non-HQ option. Hell, make a profile of a Beastmaster and call it a Cruel Breaker. People will buy more of these. Hell, people will run three of these in an army. You're only hindering your sales by making this an HQ only. This is coming from a marketing expert. And fire whoever dropped the ball on this. You're losing money. Advice over. PM me and I'll work for free and increase your sales by 15%. Whoo, this one. This one is rich. I feel like I need to go get a drink of water. So this person, I want to tell you, I know you can't see this because this is an audio audio format. This person intermittently uses all caps, by the way. And this person says people with a PPL. They don't spell out uh, people. And they 
every single time they say you're like you're losing money, you know that's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, right? It's a contraction of you and R. Yeah, this person is Y-O-U-R. Come on. Come on, dude. Just, just, that's my response to this. Come on. And he claims to be a marketing expert. Okay? And his spelling is that bad? Which, of course, you could have. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt for a second. You could have a marketing expert that is functionally illiterate like this guy. But, come on. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the odds are not good. (laughs) And then... PM me and I'll work for free and increase your sales by 15%. What on earth could you even... Where did that number come from? How did he even come up with the number of 15% increase? Why not 5? Why not 20? Why not 100? Why not 30? 15%. What makes him think that no matter what marketing service or industry he's in, that he can just automatically increase their sales by 15%. I have no idea what would possess him to think that way. So the verdict on this one is that this person's full of shit because a marketing expert would not spell as poorly as this. I'm tell- I would bet you $100 a marketing expert is going to be a professional. He used the word expert, not me. Marketing professional expert would be literate and would not use intermittent caps lock and all that and and abbreviate the word people and doesn't know you're from your that's number one number two he's acting like he's got the entire picture maybe for some reason gw doesn't want an army of all of those things maybe not you know you can already have an army of trogoths that's in the gloom spite gets book i mean so that that's a possibility so he wants them to make another army of all Trogoths? Like, I get what he's saying. Sometimes, ultimately, I get what he's saying. Um, he's being a spoiled brat about it, and he is 100% full of shit. I would bet you $100 he is not even in marketing, and 15% is not even... I don't even know how he came up with that number. But the point is, is sometimes I do see um, some units, you're like, geez... You know, they could have just made it and made it without the dude, you know, like the guy's removable and make it a regular unit or something like that. Sometimes you do see that sort of thing, kind of like the Terrorgeist, the Terrorgeist and the Zombie Dragon for Flesh Eater Quartz. You know, you can have the Aberrant Ghoul King or the Vampire Lord on it, or you can just take it off and they can be like a, um, uh, just a regular behemoth. They're not an HQ. Um, sometimes it does make you wonder why GW doesn't do that, but I mean, come on, dude, like, it's, and he is right. The orcs don't have a ton of units. They're better than some armies. Um, like Caradron Overlord has, what, four units and then eight characters or something. And the Fire Slayers are even worse. The Fire, Slayer, Fire Slayers have... Back before I sold the army I had, I actually counted it. Did they have three units or four units and had like 12 characters? It was something stupid. But anyway, I guess I am digressing here. So... I just wanted to share these couple with you. Um, Some of them I, you know, agree with more than others, but I just thought it was funny how whiny and selfish these people and entitled these people are, thinking that they know better than GW. And, I mean, 
uh, potentially they could know better than GW, but there's probably reasons behind the scenes. And that's what I often say when I'm speculating about GW, I'm saying, look, I don't run their company. I'm not in their industry. So you got to take what my, what I'm saying is true from my point of view, but it may not be correct, you know? And they, this person just seems to have all the answers. That's, it's crazy. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And this show is proudly brought to you by GameMat.eu for pre-painted terrain and beautiful uh, neoprene game mats. Uh, event 10, check out 10% off. And you know what? My beautiful, sexy, good smelling Patreon patrons. I really, truly appreciate your support, guys and uh, girls. And uh, I meant people is what I meant, not specifically guys. Okay, don't get on me over that. Um, people. And some non-people, maybe? I have no idea. I can't be... I can't do a catch-all. You beans that support the show on Patreon. You beans. I'm assuming you're all at least beans. You guys are great. So. Anyway, I will see you next week. <laughs>